This is CNN. Radio. Don't let that music fool you. You did not make a mistake. This is CNN Profiles. And our guest has earned the theme song called Say It Like You Mean It. Say It Like You Mean It has been a dream of Wendy Williams ever since she was in the sixth grade and her older sister left behind a copy of The Baron's Guide to Colleges. It was my favorite read, plotting on when I get out of here, when I'm no longer tall, when I'm no longer being called fatso, when I am no longer only one of four blacks, when I can finally have the confidence to say what's in my head, except say it out loud. And I have that confidence now. The Wendy Williams Show is now a morning TV destination precisely because she says out loud what's inside her head. Like at 28 years old, if you were to ask me what I would do with a cheating man, I would say dump him. I've got too much to bring to the table. If you asked me at 35, I would have said the same thing. But if you ask me now, having been through it myself and lived a little bit and and spoken to others, and infidelity is not always a reason to end a loving relationship. There are exceptions to every rule. And now that Williams is at what she calls the front door of 50. Front door. Front door. I'm on the back door. Yeah. And then the sign on that door says no, no re-entrance, unfortunately. Yeah. But how do you feel? Well, I feel great yeah. because as I can hear from you already, you have more wisdom at 48 than you've ever had. That feeling is so, so great. Oh my gosh. She is wishing for something you don't hear a lot of soon to be 50 year olds wishing for. At 22, you didn't know who you were. At, at 32, you knew a little bit more. At 48, I know a little something, but I can't wait to see what I know. At 58, my head's going to pop off and explode. Welcome to CNN Profiles, Wendy Williams. Thank you, Michael. As I was just telling you, I didn't know who you were, but I was told millions of other people know who you are because yeah. they watch you every morning out of New York. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. I appreciate your honesty. Now, my goal right now is to convince you that I am worth your time when you get it. And for everyone who's listening, who's already a Wendy watcher, how you doing? And thank you. For those of you who are not familiar, I take no offense, but let me uh, perhaps say something in this interview that will entice you to watch or read. Well, I got to tell you something. Come to Broadway. There are people who, like me, are just getting introduced to you. Now I feel, I know you're already going to be worth my time because I did read the book. Oh. So I've read the book. Oh not God. every single page, but enough of enough it. Enough of it. Enough of it. I got stuck on the sex pages because I kept on reading them over and over again. Yeah. So that's my confession. Okay. But, and in fact, if you wrote a book, Ask Wendy is the book, mm-hmm. and it's a signature segment in your show. Yes. People can ask you about anything, but if if you were writing a book, just on sex, I think the title would be different. It would be Wendy Asks. Wendy Asks. Isn't that a good title? Because every all your secrets to sex here are about communicating and telling other people well, what you want. Yes, but but without seeming like a boss, because nobody likes to be told that they are horrible in bed, and nobody likes a coach. Move this way, move that way. And also, uh, nobody likes to be told... No man wants to be told, Michael, that they're too small. And I, there's one particular, well, I got, first of all, let me back up. Ask Wendy is a segment that was a component of my 
radio program. I come from radio. I I spent uh, 23 years as a radio personality. I am from New Jersey, the New York uh, part, and the majority of my career was based in New York. Very popular. Um, I say it like I mean it. People did compare me to Howard Stern slash Oprah. Um, I I just look at myself as being just Wendy. You know, I, I don't come from a mean place. I like to help people and I like to entertain. So when I got the talk show, we're in our fourth season now, I said, well, I want Ask Wendy to be part of the talk show as well. And now I'm a 48-year-old woman. I have no formal training in giving advice. But what I do have is enough honesty to offer an example from my own life to try to warm you up to wanting to open up. Come on, let's talk. Let me be one of the people that maybe can help you. Because ultimately speaking, you know the answer to your own problems. The answer lies within. You just need pushing in the right direction. So back to the sex chapter um, and and the book and how it was comprised, I asked Wendy Watchers from all around the country to send me your letters, your emails, send it by carrier pigeon, however you get it to me. I'm writing a book, and I want to make chapters, online drama, kids' drama, mother's drama. Stop Stop with that word because that, <clears throat> that word is throughout this book and I've, I've discovered that word for the first time in this context through my own three children yes. because at school they all talk about drama which is below bullying. It's not bullying. Right. It's just the kind of stuff that aggravates you. Tell me about this word drama and what it means. Drama is a groundswell. Not a full-blown explosion. It's a groundswell. You know, there's a way to patch up a groundswell. Or like a pimple before it pops. You know, you put a little antiseptic on it and it goes down before it pops. We want to stop the drama before it gets out of hand. And drama is actually good. Drama is healthy for you uh, because it teaches you more about yourself than it does about the world around you. For instance, back to the in-between-the-sheets drama. You, you said you read the sex chapter a lot. I'm not going to entertain you by giggling or, or doing anything... Uh, <laughs> Slightly immature. But, for instance, a woman who has been married to a man for eight years, and you are now sending me a letter saying that the sex with your husband, now the father of your your two children, is horrible because he is too small. Well, then why did you even have a second date with him? If you know, as a woman or a man, what you like, why are you going to try to fit a square peg into a round hole, knowing that ultimately speaking, the time would come where you'd be tired of it and it might mean divorce or something tragic to the relationship? Well, my answer to that would be we we keep on learning, right? And so there's only so much we knew. I mean, we all say, right? If we, he's if we not, know, But he's not going to get any bigger. Just like I'm not going to get any shorter. If you right. don't like tall girls, then don't ask me out on a date. So you've really got to be honest with yourself you from the be, beginning. Exactly. You have to you have to know yourself. And to know yourself only comes with time. At 22, you didn't know who you were. At, at 32, you knew a little bit more. At 48, I know a little something, but I can't wait to see what I know. At 58, my head's going to pop off and explode. I look at my mom and dad. Not only do they know themselves at 78 and 83, but they say it like they mean it. Oh, my gosh. 78 and 83. So here's, okay, so now let, I want to stop on your parents okay. there because... A woman, I, I was having coffee at my coffee shop this morning, reading, continuing to read Ask Wendy, and a regular in the coffee shop comes over. I said, do you know Wendy Williams? She said, yeah, I've, I've been watching her recently. Where did she come from? 
Because some people are just seeing you. Yes. And where did she come from? And I, love that. I know you came from WBLS in New York, which, which was one of my favorite stations, but yeah. you were there after I left New York. Yes. But where did you really come from? <clears throat> I'm from New Jersey. I'm from Ocean Township, New Jersey. I grew up in a solid middle class background. Both of my mom and dad are college and grad school educated. They hold double masters. In what? Um, in, well, my father in Shakespeare and English. Oh my gosh, he's a very, very smart, come where for art thou type man. And my mom is uh, specialized in LDS, learning disability specialist. So she's got the patience of a saint for everyone else's kids. So you've got teaching in your bones. In our house, it's, I'll crack your skull if you don't do it fast. Um, you know what? I have, I have caring about others and teaching in my bones. Um, I never wanted to be a teacher, though. I, I, I always wanted to be either a newscaster or a radio personality from sixth grade. I grew up in the time that the Baron's Guide was the ultimate guide to every college in the country. And my older sister is, uh, she's seven years older than me. So when Wanda was applying to colleges, I was only in sixth grade. And um, she went to Tufts. She went there and graduated. My brother-in-law, she met him there and they got married. But when she le- when she left for college, she left behind her Baron's Guide. And it, would be my, it was my favorite read. It was my favorite read, plotting on when I get out of here, when I'm no longer tall, when I'm no longer being called fatso, when I am no longer only one of four blacks, when I can finally have the confidence to say what's in my head, except say it out loud. And I have that confidence now. And I'm not scared for somebody to tell me I'm stupid or crazy or shut up. I, I don't care because I, I, I know who I am. I'm learning every day. You know, it's so amazing because you know, a lot of the guests we've had here, they're all different patterns. We all take different paths. Some of them, Wes Craven. Yeah. Horror movie director. Yeah. Grew up in a very strict, very strict Baptist background. Wasn't even allowed to see a movie wow. until after college. He winds up in Hollywood. Look at him. You know, he didn't dream about Hollywood. Right. A lot of people just stumble upon things. It's serendipity. Yeah. And here you are, like you had a feeling about what you wanted no, to I do didn't, early. I, didn't stumble. I come from working class. My parents did not have one more penny past four years of college. They did not have one. You know what I'm saying? They gave us everything, but they had not one more penny past their giving. And I knew that my obligation was 16 years, 12 through high school and a four-year college, not a not a, um, a community college. And there was no money for me to take off and backpack through Europe to find myself. What wisdom did they impart to you? And was it explicit or by example? Because all of us parents, you're a parent. Yes. You have a, how old is your son? He's 12 years old. So we all Kevin. struggle with how much to tell them and teach them explicitly mm-hmm. versus how much to model. Mm-hmm. What did your parents do with you and what are you doing with your son? My parents led by example, but they also led by their own regret. Uh, my father told me, pick a career that you love or at least you like enough to wake up 95% of the time and you enjoy doing it. And the money and your happiness will follow shortly after. Now, my dad went from being a school teacher to a principal to a college professor um, in English. But his true passion was writing. He's never written the great American novel. But his daughter, me, I'm on my sixth book. I just fell into it. But it's because I followed what he said and I picked a career that I loved. And I told you, since sixth grade, I, I was fascinated. I was fortunate enough to grow up in the New York metro area. We had the greatest examples of news people and radio people. And when I got to college, I realized it wasn't news that I wanted to do because I was a bit of a 
showgirl and a bit more of a free spirit. And in my day, when I was growing up, news people were tight, you know, and you had to be appropriate all the time and have your hair cut above your shoulders. And you could never have pink nails and e-gads if you were caught, you know, at the nightclub after midnight. So I said, that's not really my lifestyle. I'm going to be a radio personality. So my dad taught me. You pick something and and all the joy will come after. And as a result of picking a career that I love, which was radio, I got this TV show. And from the TV show, I'm I'm able to write my sixth book. And I'm going to be doing a seven-week run on Broadway in Chicago beginning on June 25th. I heard that. And, and I got to be on Dancing with the Stars. And I, I get to, you know, do a little bit of acting. I get to do all these things. And then my mom taught me there's nothing wrong with wanting a career and family. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that without one or the other, you're not whole. And Wendy, always make sure you have your own money and your own credit. Now, she led by example. Now, did you, because kids don't always listen to their parents, but you absorb these messages. Why did you, did you reject their messages at first and then came up? Yes. So t- tell me how that works, because, again, us parents are curious about this. Yes. How do we get our kids, how do we get them to internalize our messages? Well, um, you know, with my father, um, even though my father said that, I chose a career that was out of the out of their comfort zone. You know, you're a doctor or you marry a doctor, you're a lawyer, you marry a lawyer, you know, you're an engineer or, you know, uh, something like that. Uh, to For them to see their daughter wants to be a radio personality, they had no idea where to help me, where to start or anything. I literally... Um, through their lack of knowledge, they pushed me away from wanting to be close to them in my early career years. I would, there there was one point in my career where I had, um, I was doing afternoons, um, at WOL in Washington, DC, uh, Monday through Friday. And I landed a plum job at, um, a radio station in New York, hot 103.9. That was before it turned to hot 97. It was a brand new station. And I would drive from D.C. on Friday nights and come back on Monday mornings in time to freshen my face and go to my 3 to 7 p.m. radio shift. I'm passing right by my parents' exit on the Jersey Turnpike. And I'd rather sleep in a rest stop than go home and have them talk condescending. Ow, she's here. Tom, you know, take Wendy's car for servicing. I'll make a hot meal. You know, I don't need you to soothe my brow and and poo-poo my career. Don't worry, Tom. She'll come back. She'll come back home. She's a smart girl. She's got her degree. She she can be anything she wants. New York so they is right still, there. So they still doubted your choice. They still point. doubted. So I slept in rest stops with an alarm clock, an alarm clock, a pillow, and a blankets. And then my friends, on the other hand, you know, when you're 22, 23 years old, and you've graduated from college, a lot of your friends still don't have jobs in their careers. So they're still out hanging and having a good time. And you know, people like that can take you off your career track. You know, it's so interesting you're saying this. So so one of our guests at the very beginning of the show is a guy who you may have come across. If you have a son, he's worth reading. Michael Thompson. He's a psychologist. Michael Thompson, PhD. Yeah. He wrote this book called Raising Cain, mm-hmm. How to Raise Emotionally Healthy Children. And one of his big things is over the summer, this is his latest book, send kids to summer camp because they need to be away from their parents to develop true independence. Yes. Now, you're you're taking us fast-forwarding through past college, yes, and you have this incredible independence. But I was streak. also a sleepaway camp. I was a Girl Scout, and I went to Girl Scout camp for two weeks every summer. 
Um, there's also a fabulous camp in Massachusetts called Camp Atwater. And uh, my mom grew up going to Camp Atwater. Uh, it's it's one of those traditions in our family. My son has not gone to Camp Atwater, but he is going this summer to basketball camp for a week in Orlando. Does this resonate He's, with you, the idea of being away from your parents oh, to yes. develop independence? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, well, you know what? When you're when you're a working household, kids have to learn that from the time you put them in daycare. You know, I used to be embarrassed, but now I will admit to you, after I gave birth to Kevin, he Kevin was in uh, the Goddard Learning School um, at three months. And there were a lot of mothers who would stay home longer. But, you know, I was a radio personality and I wanted to get back to work. I had gained 103 pounds. I had had two miscarriages, uh, two five-month miscarriages. I gave birth to two daughters who were still birthed. So, you know, I believe in the afterlife. They're up there. You know, I got a full family going on up there. Uh, but but when, when my husband, Kevin, and I, when we had our Kevin, I didn't want to test the blessing anymore. But I also, um, because my body had been through so much and I'd been through so much emotionally and it was a strain on our marriage. I wanted to divorce in the name of love. I thought it was damaged goods. Oh my gosh, what a terrible, terrible time. Um, so for me, I needed to get back to being Wendy and that meant get back to work. And I felt guilty. In addition, I had a difficult time breastfeeding. Uh, two weeks and I couldn't take it anymore. And I thought that, you know, because the sisterhood tells you that you're not a woman if you don't breastfeed. I mean, you're not a woman if this, you're not a woman if that. We we as women, we do we do more damage to each other by putting all of these, these high-reaching goals. You know, you're not a woman if you don't give vaginal birth. You're not a woman if you breastfeed. Uh, you know, anyway, I gave him good starts. I hit the gym and I got back to my career and I no longer I no longer feel guilty and I don't mind sharing my story through advice. The, the book is about the people who write me letters, but in between their letters, I share with antidotes. You know, my husband, during the time that I was pregnant, it was very, very emotional on both of us. He uh, stepped out of the marriage. This is not a secret. I, I've written about this in uh, 2001, my autobiography, and I rehash now in the man drama chapter of Ask Wendy, the book. Because if you told me at 35 that a hot girl like me, and when I say hot, I mean, you know, I'm not a bad looking woman and I have a nice career. I come from a great family and I'm not coming with baggage of, you know, a pre-made family or anything like that. Like at 28 years old, if you were to ask me what I would do with a cheating man, I would say dump him. I've got too much to bring to the table. If you asked me at 35, I would have said the same thing. But if you ask me now, having been through it myself and lived a little bit and, and spoken to others and, Infidelity is not always a reason to end a loving relationship. There are exceptions to every rule. If it's like a serial infidelity. Oh, well, that's a different story. And each story is different. You know what? There's a there's a there's always humor with tragedy. Right? Yes, there there's is. A, do you do you know? Do you remember the comedian Moms Mabley? Yes. She had this great routine. Her husband's dying in the hospital mm -hmm. and she goes to visit him there. And she mm -hmm. says uh, he says to her. Honey, I got to make a confession. She says, what is it? <laughs> he said, I've been cheating on you. She said, I know. He said, but you don't understand. I've been cheating with a lot of women. She said, I know. He said, but no, I've, been, I've cheated with everybody in the neighborhood. She said, I know. Mm -hmm. Why do you think I poisoned you? Perfect. Say. So if it happens too much. Yeah, if it happens too much. If it happens too much, you have to leave. But that's where my mother, talking about a woman needs to have her own money, comes into play. What do you think the money is for? That's your escape route. 
to take care of you and your kids or whatever it is that you have to take care of. Escape route or at least your independence, your ability to make the rational right, decision. Right, right. And, and, if, and if it works out until death do you part, then great. That's a great, that's a trip around the world for both of you. You spend, you spend your, your secret money on the two of you. Now, let me ask you, I would, you said you're 48. Yeah. Honestly, most people who you tell that, they say, I, would, I never would have guessed it. And it's true. You yeah. look at, I'm sitting you know, a you. foot away from you. I haven't had any work from, um, uh, you know, like neck up. I, you know, I have a little, pl- little plastic surgery. Well, I'm, below, but... I'm just looking at your face yeah. right now. So that's where. Yeah. That's, and you say, I love the expression you use in the book. You're at the front door of 50. Front door. Front door. I'm on the back door. Yeah. And then the sign on that door says no, no re-entrance, unfortunately. Yeah. But. How do you feel? Well, I feel great because, as I can hear from you already, you have more wisdom at 48 than you've ever had. That feeling is so so, great. Oh, my gosh. It's the best. Like, I wish, like, you know, it's so insulting that 25-year-olds look at us like we're old. But when we were 25, we looked at our age like it's old and like, like something to fear. But the reason that I'm out of the closet with my age is because it's good over here, right? It's great. Okay, maybe... Maybe I'm going to get you to sign on to my mission now, because when I turned, when I was about to turn 50, I was reading an article in the New York Times. At that point, Jay Leno was about to go to prime time. Mm -hmm. And there was a little buried sentence at the bottom. It said, advertisers for the new Jay Leno show will not be paying for anybody outside the 18 to 49 year old demographic. You know, that's the golden demo. Yeah. And I said, how could that be? He's out of his own demo. (laughs) I'm turning 50. it, It was in about a couple of months. I'm turning 50. I, I set out on a mission. I said, I'm going to destroy the myth of that demo. Yeah. And I'm actually, I intend to write a book on it because I have talked to so many people in the industry who think it's a BS gauge for anything. It's meaningless because look at you, how much, how many new, new things are you going to be trying between the age now of 48 and 58 Lots. and beyond? Yeah. I want to so, live forever and I want to try everything. Okay. So in the old days, when that was established, by the way, 50 years ago, yes. uh, when Nielsen first started measuring breakdowns in age, mm-hmm. I found out who created that demo. You know, it was the president of ABC at the time, Leonard Goldenson. Mm-hmm. ABC was number three in the ratings. They were doing terribly. And then when... They started measuring age breakdown. ABC was still number three, but mm-hmm. Leonard Goldenson found out that, but we're doing better in this young demo, largely because of this guy in Philadelphia at our O&O, whose name is Dick Clark. Yeah. He has a music station. He's killing him with the young people. Let's market that young demo. That's where it started. It started when people did not change brands right. at the age of 48. Everything's new now. What would you do? I'm asking you, what can we do? Because you have you have a platform. What can we do to destroy the 18 to 49 myth? I think that we can start being out of the closet with our age. We are we're in a very vain society. And I agree. And you and I both probably possess traits in our in our lives that are a little bit vain. But one thing that I will say is I I am on a mission to first you're acknowledging something that women have known since forever. We have been getting thrown out with the bathwater since at 40, when you hit 40, when you hit 35, people start using phrases about you like, oh, when are you going to get married? And oh, when you're when you're 30, do you want kids? Once you get married, when are you going to have kids? And we guys don't have to go through We're, that. Right. Once you turn 40, oh, you get replaced with the young chippy who just got out of graduate school. She'll take less money and uh, and you're thrown out with the water. I am so glad that I am in a specific job within my career that uh, age is irrelevant. Uh, you know, I'm a talk show host. As long as I keep my mind fresh 
and I keep my ideas fresh. I see the young girls, 22 years old, they come to the show to see, they call me Miss Wendy. I love it. <laughs> they come to the show to see Miss Wendy. But I see people my mother's age also. So I, I, I feel wonderful. I also feel great. I don't have to be a supermodel. I don't have to be young. All I have, You don't have to be a supermodel, but I have to say, doing the search on you, I did come across that gorgeous PETA ad where, yeah, you, where you, you posed. I did. Naked, very tastefully yeah. naked. And, boy, that takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. Where'd you get that confidence? My husband and my son. My husband said, my husband thinks I'm hot. <laughs> and my son is very proud of me. And they, and they both understand that I grew up being called fat by my family and whatnot and, and who I am today. And I, I have fat, but I am not fat. I, like, I, I have fat, <laughs> but I am not fat. And, and I, this is the best body I'm ever going to have because from here it's only going to dial backwards. Like I'm not, I'm tired of doing the work. Now I just want to maintain. Do you know what I mean? So I'm only going to dial backwards. So if there's one time that you can get naked and nobody's going to call you a crazy person is for something good like PETA. So I'd rather go naked than wear fur. I used to wear fur. I still wear leather. You know, back in the eighties, fur meant opulence. Today, fur means, gosh, there's so many other choices. Really? Is that a big, gigantic raccoon dripping on the floor? Like, you know, I, I mean, I've been there, so I'm not a hypocrite. But, uh, you know, the PETA ads, I enjoyed doing it. I thought that they were tasteful. The kids came up to my son in his school and they said, oh, your mom is hot. My son said, thanks. So, so listen, so you deal with a lot of, you know, like, really, he- you deal with a lot of heavy issues. It's it's drama. It's relationships. Yeah. And, and but this morning I walked in and, and the woman who took your picture in security, I happened to walk by her. I think Christine is her name. And I said, I'm about to interview Wendy Williams. She said, oh, yeah, I knew she was coming today. She said, my five-year-old son wanted her to know that he wanted to watch his cartoons, but mommy had to watch Wendy Williams. My 14-year-old daughter looked at my shoes on Casual Friday, and she said, WWWS, is it? What would Wendy say? Uh Uh-huh. And so what would you say to her 14-year-old daughter? Because... You know, shoes are, hey, that's a part of life. It's the well-rounded life. Tell, tell us about your thing about shoes, because I have to tell you, Just, I'm going to come around the mic. I want you to look at my shoes. Okay. Oh, gosh. Please don't have on Converse. Oh, no. Oh, oh. you take very good care of your shoes. You better have good shoes, because you're always on the move. Well, right now I have on flat slippers, but in my bag I do have the most beautiful pair of spiky Christian Louboutin shoes. They're four inches. I love shoes. We have a shoe camera on the coffee table at the Wendy show. So when people come, they get shoe cam. I don't care whether it's Alicia Keys or Donald Trump. They get shoe cam. What is the mark of a great shoe? Visually how it looks. Be damned the comfort. If you want comfort, wear slippers. And there's nothing wrong with slippers. My final question, because most of our conversation really has been about how you got to this point. And it took a lot of resilience because it wasn't just smooth sailing. You had to chart your own course. What has been the secret to your resilience? The secret to my resilience has been patience and understanding that I am trying to build a career, not a flash in the pan situation. And anything worthwhile takes time to build. And for those of you who are still not uh, sure whether you want to watch my show or read my book, go to wendyshow.com. My name is Wendy Williams, and I appreciate this time in your ears. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us on CNN Profile. It's really been a, a Very treat. Very welcome.
By the way, you can find CNN Profiles on our website, cnn.com slash soundwaves, or download us from iTunes, or go to SoundCloud. And please, if you like what you hear, don't be shy. Share.